Stories connect us as humans. A well-told story can motivate and inspire us. Storytelling is the ultimate superpower. Be The Drop is a weekly podcast that investigates how to tell stories that engage. Join me, Amelia Veal, on our shared journey to become better storytellers. In episode 263, leadership and brand storytelling expert Gabrielle Dolan returns to share her tips on how to tell magnetic stories. We discuss what brand storytelling is and the common mistakes businesses make when trying to tell their brand story. Gabrielle explains the five types of stories companies should seek to find and share, then also explains where and how to share them. This is Gabrielle's version of Be The Drop. Gabrielle, thank you so much for joining us for our next episode of Be The Drop. Thank you, Amelia. It's good to be back. And we were just saying before we hit record, it's actually the third interview I've done with you as we delve into all your incredible storytelling knowledge. But this is the second one we've done during Victoria's lockdown. You know, obviously it's been a crazy nearly two years now. But what I wanted to do is maybe ask you a bit, obviously there's been challenges associated, but I'm really interested in what positives you've you've experienced through COVID and the pandemic and, and the changes that we've seen. Yeah, and look, look. I think we could we could probably have another twenty podcasts talking about the negatives of COVID, but I do much prefer to talk about the the positives or the silver linings because I actually think there's there's been a lot, you know, and, and like I could go on just you know the kids being at home and spending more time at home, which is always good. But I, I do remember Princess Park near us, which is you know where the the home of the Carlton Football Club. If just to get people's bearings, and it's about a three kilometer run from my house, so. I'm a bit of a runner and what I've been doing in lockdown is doing a, a lot more running because you've got a lot more time. And it's also one of those weird things. You, you're only allowed to exercise for two hours. And I went on a run, this was probably last year in the lockdown around Princess Park that I reckon I've been running around that park for 20 years. And I, what I noticed in lockdown is that you notice things a lot more and I'd notice these beautiful trees and I'd, I'd noticed a statue and it was at a pond and I'd never seen it before. And so I stopped and took a photo and it was this amazing statue of a little girl and, and I'm thinking, wow, this, this must have been new. They must have just put this in at lockdown. And so I went home and thought I'd Google it to see when it went in and it went in 20 years ago. And I had run past this statue for 20 years and had never seen it before. And it just, I think people are just slowing down and noticing the things around them a lot more. And I hope we keep that up. Yeah, absolutely. And I've noticed that myself. And and I think connecting with family, which you mentioned as well, and noticing that time and connection more. And what about in that business context? Where do you see, you know, some of these changes and maybe it's from the slowdown? Where are we going to translate that into the business? into the business world? Yeah, look, I've seen a couple of changes in the business world. I think one of them, you know, the thing I do is teach storytelling training, which is, you know, all about connecting. And what I've what I've noticed is I think people have realised that connection is really important and it's, it's taken us to be physically disconnected to realise that, you know, emotional connection is important. So I, I think there'll be a renewed uh, appreciation for storytelling, which is good. But what I also think is for years and years and years, uh, the business world has been grappling with how do, how do we give people flexibility and how do we work from home? And there's so many people in so many int- industries and companies that said we, we cannot work from home. It just wouldn't happen. And we Within, you know, 
over a weekend, we had call centres being run from home. And, yeah, if some people will go back. But I, I think insisting that everyone's back in the office five days a week will lose really, really good talent. And I think the pandemic has shown us that this virtual way of delivering can actually work and there's a lot of benefits from it and we all don't need to be in the same room for every goddamn meeting we have. Yeah, we'll be saving a lot more on on travel for work, won't we? But it is interesting, you know, that necessity is the mother of all invention and I really think the pandemic has shown that because, yeah, people were talking about flexible workplace but the actual reality of it, it was so different than what it is now. Yeah. And Amelia, you know what else everyone was talking about? We need to bring our whole selves to work. They've been talking about that for years. And what it took was everyone working from home for that to happen. (laughs) So, you know, and what I mean by that, because by default, you you know, you're talking with someone and their cat walks and you're like, oh, I didn't know you had a cat. Oh, I didn't know you had kids. It was just like, you know, oh, what's What's that guitar in the background? I didn't know you played the guitar. So getting a little glimpse into people's life has, you know, and it results in people telling stories and opening up and sharing things about them. So, yeah, it it took us all to be working from home to allow us to bring our whole selves to work. Yeah, absolutely. And the ability to tell stories is something, you know, that you're incredibly knowledgeable and passionate about and a passion that I share myself. So, Before we dive into magnetic stories and how businesses can use them and sharing some of these incredible tips that you've got around that, how about we start by setting the scene on what is brand storytelling? Because we, you know, we're seeing more and more it's growing and people understand the concept of storytelling, but how does that fit in with brands and business? Yeah. And it's one of the reasons I wrote the book is I, I sort of kept hearing this brand storytelling. People were, you know, talking about brand storytelling a lot and I would get in and look at it and go, but that's not even a story. So I think to describe what brand storytelling is, I think it's first best to describe what brand is. And we we all have a brand, whether it's an individual person or an entire company that we all have a brand. And if you Google the definition of brand, you're going to get heaps of different definitions. And one of my favourite that I came across was from Jeff Bezos, who's the CEO of Amazon, and he said, your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. And my tweak on that is I think your brand is the stories people share about you when you're not in the room because I think ultimately people will share stories about you. And so if your brand is the stories people share about you, Brand storytelling is about taking control of that. So being aware of what you want your brand to be and then deliberately and strategically finding stories that you can share that demonstrates that brand. And, and of course, doing things that demonstrate that brand as well, which may create stories that other people are sharing. So it's all about taking control of the stories that people are sharing about you. Have you ever heard of brand storytelling but have no idea where to start when it comes to implementing it into your business? Sign up for our free Storytelling for Business email program. We give you the tools to develop strong brand messaging, grab your customers' attention and how to create a positive sales experience. Register for our free email program to learn how to engage your audience and turn them into customers via narrativemarketing.com.au slash storytellingforbusiness or access the link via the show notes. 
And so this is your, well, you've got your three books behind you. I know you've got some other smaller books as well that you've done too, but your main ones that are focused on storytelling and this one's called Magnetic Stories. So why did you write this one? And you sort of touched on that in your answer just before. What what was that real, you know, requirement to expand on? Yeah, look, and it was all my previous books have really been around stories that individuals could use. And this whole concept of brand storytelling, there was a a couple of things I noticed, Amelia, is one, people were saying, oh, we're doing brand storytelling. And I I would look at what they were doing and it would be like a slick corporate video. And I was like, okay, good but it's not brand storytelling and it's not about just one story. So I would sort of see people trying to implement this concept of storytelling to bring their brand to life, but really didn't know how to do it or or in my opinion, we're going about it in the wrong way. And the other thing I noticed, which was probably the main catalyst for writing the book, is that I came across people that had amazing stories to share about why they started the company or what they do. And weren't sharing them because they didn't think they were important enough or no one would be interested. So it was a real, you know, I sort of felt people were either trying to do it and not knowing how to do it properly or not even understanding the power of a story. I I remember a couple of years ago, it was actually probably about two years ago to the day, I was at a a conference where I was the keynote speaker and after, you know, I stayed around and had dinner that evening and I was talking to someone who, and she shared with me that she owns a few childcare centres. And then, but then she said she used to be a dentist. And I went, wow, how did you go from being a dentist to running childcare centres? And she told me that her and her husband, she'd, she'd tried for about 10 years to get pregnant and she struggled and she eventually did get pregnant. And when she was going back to work, she was looking for a childcare centre for her son And she goes, every childcare centre I went into, I just thought my son would hate this. Like he's, I think his name was Jimmy. Jimmy wouldn't love this. And she goes, I wanted to find a place that Jimmy would love and I couldn't find one. So I bought one and turned (laughs) it into a place that he would love. And now she owns several of them. And, you know, every, she goes, every one I buy, I turn into a place that, that Jimmy would love. And I just looked at her and I said, please tell me that story is on your website. And she went, oh, no. She goes, we use it internally, but I, I, don't, I don't put it on my website. And I just thought, what a missed opportunity. Because yeah. if, I was, if I was looking for a childcare centre and I, and I saw that story or heard that story, I would just go sign me up. That's, that's all I need to know. So it's, it was a lot of people not understanding the power of the stories that I, I thought, I, I think I just need to write a book on this and help people. Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, people were making mistakes. Now, not understanding the power of their story is one of the mistakes. What are some of those other mistakes you see, you know, and people are doing brand storytelling? What are those standout mistakes that people are making? Yeah, I think the main one is they think it's one story. So they're going, this is this is our brand story. And it normally is how the company started, which is, you know, which is an important story. It's one story to share. But the biggest mistake people make is they think it's just one story. And the other one, it's sort of what I spoke about where they go, we've got a really slick corporate video, which is our brand story. And you just go, look, it's beautifully shot, but it's it's actually sometimes it's not even a story. So they're some of the biggest mistakes. And And I think really not being strategic about it. So not sort of collecting stories, but they're sort of random stories. And you go, well, hang on, well, what is it you want your brand to be? So being really clear on what you want your brand to be and then finding the stories that demonstrate that. 
Yeah. And in your book, you talk about the five types of stories that companies should seek to find and share. What what are those five stories? So the five stories, they all start with C. The first is creation story. So that's what I sort of talked about. Why did the company start? Now, this is normally called the founder story and the origin story. And the reason I called it the creation story, it's also about how the product started. So an origin or a founder story is very much around the company where a creation story is, yes, it's about that, but perhaps it's how a product started or a service that you do. What, why did that start? So that's your creation story. The other one is your culture stories. So stories about leaders sharing the values and the culture of the company and also sharing stories of your employees living and breathing the culture. So you know, if part of your culture is about outstanding customer service, then share stories of your employees delivering on that. The third story is community stories. So what are you doing in the community? This this moves beyond just your corporate responsibility stories, but it, perhaps it's even stories about your employees doing amazing things in their community that have got nothing to do with the company, but you're just making your employees the hero. The fourth one is customer stories. So again, this is moving beyond customer testimonials, but can you make your customer the hero in the story? You know, what what are some of the great things your customers are doing? Or, you know, it can be about the interaction you have with them, with your with your company, but it's a real focus on them, not you. And then the final one is challenge stories. So how have you responded? To challenges? What have you done in the past? And they, these could be from, you know, 100 years ago or 50 years ago, or even, you know, during the last 18 months where we've heard lots of challenge stories. I, I could have quite easily had a coronavirus story to get another C word in there, but let's not focus too much on it. They, yeah. they, they neatly fell into the challenge story. So, I mean, when I was researching for the book, I, I didn't know how many, the types of stories. I just collected all these stories, knowing there'd be a certain types of stories and they just sort of fell into those five categories. Yeah. So if you're using those categories, a a company goes, okay, I can identify stories. And I think, you know, those headings, that type of story, people can quite easily identify. I, I feel like a company, that would be quite an easy thing to go through and you'd find that they'd probably easily identify at least, you know, one. But I think you once you start going into that, there'd be a lot more. So they find them and capture the stories, then what is it, how and where, what do they do with those stories, you know, to make sure that they do become magnetic? Yeah. So a couple of things there. The types of stories I share in the book is really to help people think of the different types. So I I even say, look, don't even get too hung up on, is this a culture story or a challenge story? Because the reality is it could be both. It could be, you could have a story that could quite easily tick all of those those categories. But the, the, the idea is to find a variety of stories. So how it becomes magnetic, it, yes, it's in the telling. So whether you're either, you know, verbally or written. One of the mistakes people make with storytelling is they, by default, they turn it into a timeline. So they start to bring in, you know, we did this and then we did this and on this day we did that. It was like it just becomes boring when you, when you turn things into a timeline. So keep it emotional. Think of it like you were telling a story with friends, the words you would use, the language you would use to make it more engaging. Keep it really succinct. So, again, it doesn't matter how 
amazing your story is, try to get it. You can communicate it in less than a couple of minutes is, is key. And then, yeah, and you'd be surprised how then magnetic the stories are. And the reason I call them magnetic is because you can have like this instant attraction to them. I mean, just even the story I shared about the woman who used to be a dentist and run a childcare centre, that to me, that's a magnetic story. It's a story I heard two years ago and it's a story I remember to this day. So it's it's finding lots of them and finding different places to share them. And people will often go, oh, but what's the best place to share your story? Uh, you know, and is it one place? Do I share it once, one time? Is it multiple times in multiple places? You know, is there, what are the nuances around that? Yeah, look, and you can be really creative. So I would say, look, you know, look, on your website's an obvious place to share stories. In your newsletter, you know, if you write a newsletter, it's an obvious place to share stories. If you've got a blog, uh, share stories, even, you know, putting stuff on LinkedIn and social media, Facebook and stuff, it's a, a you know, common place to share stories. I had so much fun writing this book because I got to interview so many companies from around the world. And one of the companies I interviewed was the people from Columbia Restaurants in Florida. So Columbia Restaurants is a fifth generational owned restaurant, one of the oldest restaurants in Florida, in America, and quite, a quite iconic restaurant. They share stories on their menu. They share stories on their wine list, their stories on their website. It's fundamentally part of their induction program. So everyone that comes and works for them knows all these stories, which means they can then communicate it with their customers. They use social media really well. So I'll I'll give you a great example of a customer story. On Valentine's Day this year, they put on their Facebook page, uh, it was celebration of love. And so they had a picture of a couple that had been celebrating their wedding anniversary at the Columbia restaurants for the last 72 years, 72, right? And they shared the story about on their wedding, their first wedding anniversary, they came to the Columbia restaurant to celebrate their wedding anniversary. And then on their second wedding anniversary, they came back again and coincidentally got seated at the same table. And so for the next 70 years, Columbia restaurant has reserved that table for them every single year on their wedding anniversary. And so can you see... Like Columbia Restaurant, put, it's a celebration of love and they're making the customers the main hero. But by default, you're sort of going, wow, that must be a really cool restaurant. So that's a great example of, you know, just finding lots of different stories you could share and finding ways to share them. But anyone in being inducted into your company, you should be sharing stories. That, w- that was an interesting point I was actually going to draw on when you were saying they share their stories in the induction. I think that is a big opportunity that many companies miss that their staff, particularly frontline staff, but any staff that has any interactions, even if it's with contractors, not necessarily directly with your customers, they're such a critical part of your brand story. They're the living, breathing human part of the brand. And I see often that they're not always necessarily tooled with the stories that they should be telling. You know, it's left to marketing externally, push it out there. But you've got this whole workforce, however big your workforce, that can be your living, breathing advocates or tellers of your brand story. Yeah, absolutely. I think most companies miss on amazing opportunities in their induction programs where they they focus their induction programs on where the tea room is and OH&S stuff, and, well, like, which is all important. But the what you need in the induction program is you want people really quickly to understand this is how we operate. 
this is what we value. One, one of the clients that I feature in the book and I've actually worked with them for quite a few years is a company in Vietnam. They're called Mekong Capital. And um, the CEO, Chris, he is a real convert, I guess, on the power of storytelling. He he picked up one of my books in an airport and read it and then contacted me and said, come and do some work with the team, which I did. I spent several days with them. And they have totally rearranged their induction program on story. So what they do is they get all the senior people in, the partners, other other staff, and share stories around what the values mean to them personally. And what it does is it, it sort of inducts people into saying, this is what we really value. This is what we the behaviours we expect from you. And they're doing it through stories, not, not you know, dictating what you should and shouldn't be doing. But and he sort of said that it gets it gets people up to speed really quickly around the behavior and the culture. Mm. And that's that's what that's what we should be doing because you know we know the reasons a lot of employees don't work out is because they're not good cultural fit. Like how often do we say that it wasn't a good cultural fit? It was like, well, how much work did you actually put in in explaining the culture to them? Yeah, it's not supposed to be some sort of magical it's osmosis. No. Yeah. And the other thing that you mentioned about some of the challenges with brand story and companies telling story is they're not always strategic. So what would you be what would you say are some of the real considerations to be strategic in telling stories? How should that get woven into the planning around brand storytelling? Yeah, look, and what I mean by strategic is the first thing is you need to be aware of what you want your brand to be. So step one is what do you want to be known for? So if brand storytelling or if brand is the stories people are sharing about you, what are those short stories? What are they meaning? So you need to, you know, do you want to be known for customer service? Do you want to be known for innovative? Do you want to be known as respectful or diverse or inclusive? Whatever it is, be really, really clear on that and then go, okay, so if it is about being innovative or trustworthy, what stories can I share that demonstrate that? And if you can't find any, well, then you've got a lot of work to do. The other, <laughs> so the other thing is, too, is it's it's being aware of the stories you tell. So quite strategic. Going, we want to be known for X, Y, Z. So we need to find stories that demonstrate X, Y, Z. And the other thing too is looking for opportunities that demonstrate X, Y, Z. So if you want to be known for exceptional customer service. You need to be delivering exceptional customer service. But also this is where your employees, and this is becomes part of the induction program, having making them aware of this is what we mean by exceptional customer service. And almost we empower you to do it. So they will look, they will look for opportunities to deliver that exceptional customer service. They will go out of their way to do that. And so that's empowering your employees to create the stories. It's that lived experience. Yeah. And because, you know, and because of social media, like you do, if you do something amazing for your, for a customer, they will, they will most likely, they might share it on social media about the exceptional customer service you just received. So, you know, if you're looking about how to share them, you know, know your customer well enough so that they'll do it for you, (laughs) which is... You can't pay for that sort of story. No. And if you know what you want to be known for and you're really clear about that, then you will attract that customer. But yeah, you, you've, got to, you've got to look for opportunities to demonstrate that. So one of the workshops I run is about your stories, your brand, and how you can take control of that. But it, yeah, like if you want to be known as generous, well, look for opportunities 
to be generous. Like, like look for them and then deliver on them. You know, it's like if you want to be known for great customer service, look for it and, and make sure that your frontline staff fully understand what you mean by exceptional customer service and that they're empowered to deliver on it. Mm, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. It, there's so many tips that we can take away from that. In conclusion, though, if you had to summarise a be the drop tip around magnetic stories, what would that be? How would you say what was the top thing that you hope people would take away and go, yep, that's going to help you with magnetic stories? Be vulnerable. I think share the why, share why it's important to you because that's what that's what attracts people. And the whole idea of magnetic stories is there's an initial attraction that's very hard to pull away from once you've heard that story. My Unlike my husband's suggested title for the book, he suggested that I call it Teflon Stories. And I looked at him and said, you know, that's the complete opposite of what I'm trying to get across. So make, you, make sure your story is magnetic, not Teflon. fantastic well thank you so much gabrielle as always you've got so many great ideas and generous tips to share thank you thanks amelia thanks for joining me for another episode of be the drop don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes be the drop is produced by narrative marketing where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world to unleash your storytelling superpower visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes to contact me directly with any specific comments you have you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. This is a Narrative Network podcast.